Hello, Top Fan Rivalry followers. On a Tuesday morning, it's good to have you guys and gals with us. We are excited because we are going to start our rounds of the different divisions. Uh, this morning, uh, we are absent a, a Red Sox fan. Uh, unfortunately, their computer um, kind of took a nosedive and, and asked for the next round. But I brought you a Yankees fan. I brought you an Orioles fan. brought you a Rays fan. And I brought you a, a Blue Jays fan. And... I'm suspecting that nothing's going to go wrong here, but we don't know with this group, this cast of characters. They've already been laughing at me offline because um, I told them a funny story. So we have Sarah representing the Yankees. We have Dale representing the Orioles, who, by the way, Dale put five bucks in the kitty and he now owns a portion of the <laughs> Orioles. Uh, we have John. Um, we have John here for uh, the Rays and we have Dave here for uh, the Blue Jays. So let's get it started. Sarah. You are a fan of the Yankees. Um, how did you become a fan of that team? Uh, let's just say Derek Jeter. <laughs> so, yeah, Derek Jeter. Because Derek Jeter was everywhere. And I wanted to know who he was. And his teammates and I became a fan. And ever since actually every single game. Okay. Okay. So you said Derek Cheater, and ever since that, you've been a fan ever since. Yep. I, I like it. Now, Dale, what about you? You are an Orioles fan. How did that come into existence? My grandmother, who unfortunately was a Dodgers fan. Oh, um, smart lady. That's very, very difficult. <laughs> but she traveled when I was five to, to my house in, in D.C., and she watched a lot of baseball. So I started watching baseball with her just at that age. And uh, as DC didn't have a team, um, uh, the Orioles uh, were the one that was in, in market. And it's only about 30 miles up the road. Um, so I be, uh, started watching the Orioles fan. By the time I was in first grade, I think uh, like eight out of my 10 shirts that I wore were Orioles shirts. And, you know, I ironed my name on the back of a few. And, you know, I had the whole thing going on. So it happened pretty quick. That happened really quick. I like it. I like yeah. it. And back then, those teams, those Orioles teams were really, really good back then, too. Well, yeah, the, the, the squabble was all – my dad wasn't a huge baseball fan, but he always liked to stick it in the face of my grandmother, 66 World Series, uh, when the uh, when the Orioles swept the Dodgers in the <laughs> in that series. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's been good having you on, Dale. I'm going to remove you from the podcast. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> It was the shortest podcast for Dale, but you know, <laughs> my um my muscle over there is is Dave and Dave's like remove him, remove him. He's I got it, Dave. I got this. Um okay, John, you're a Rays fan. Tell me how that came into existence. Uh so my story is a bit less uh, is less interesting than that. Um I moved here when I was uh when I was four, so this was two thousand five. Um and I, I wasn't watching baseball then, I wasn't really watching sports. Um and in the off season between the 07 and 08 seasons, they built the Dunkin' Donuts on the main road by me. And at the, uh, the grand opening of the Dunkin' Donuts was uh, Scott Casimir signing autographs. And so I went and we stood in line. I had no clue what I was standing in line for, but uh, I went with my mom and we stood in line, got his autograph. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I just invested, you know, a bunch of TV time that I could have been using more wisely when I was seven in this. So I, uh, I decided to watch baseball and see what all the hype was about. And it was, it's really lucky because that was, you know, right before the 2008 season. So my, my first season of watching and caring about baseball was, you know, 
the best team in franchise history by far, uh, made the World Series, everything like that. So it was just a really lucky time to get into baseball. And uh, that Dunkin' Donuts, because the Rays had been so awful, uh, gave away a donut for every Rays win. Uh, and they gave out probably 30 more than they expected to. So every day after school, it seemed, we were going and grabbing a donut. So the Rays threw, like, feeding donuts to a seven-year-old, like, ingratiated their way into my heart. So I <laughs> I could never turn on them from that. You know, that's that's the way to, <laughs> like, that's the way to, to earn a fan for life is to feed them donuts as a child. So, <laughs> that's and probably, it worked. So. I, I've never heard that story, and I think that that's the best. Um, you win. Uh, Thank you. I mean, that's, yeah, here, have a donut. I mean, I'm, I appreciate I'm thinking it. of Reminds the, uh, times. I'm thinking of the little parrot or whatever from Aladdin. Here, want a cracker? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's very Pavlovian. <laughs> you know, if the rays are good, you get a donut. And if they're not, you get nothing and you get to be sad. So yeah. Yeah. the rays, yeah. because of that, have a, a very strong grip on my emotions as an adult. So, you yeah. know, you win some, you lose some. There you go. Uh, Dave, what about you? How did you become a, a Blue Jays fan? Uh, I've been a Blue Jays fan for a very long time. I uh, came into it pretty naturally, like uh, <clears throat> many others. My grandfather watched Labatt Blue Jays baseball. It was promoted by the liquor company uh, when that was still out on TV. And uh, we kind of watched, I, I mean, I got to watch Joe Carter touch them all and back-to-back World Series titles. And, you know, uh, unlike my my Tampa compatriot here, it uh, it was good times, yeah. and then uh, it really wasn't good times for a very, very, yeah. very, very long time. And I uh, unfortunately, uh, for whatever reason, uh, stuck with it. My mental health is not happy about it, but uh, you know, we ended up having some better times uh, ahead. Uh, you know, not necessarily championships, but <laughs> God, bat flipping is fun, isn't it? Don't we like yeah, bat yeah. flipping? Yeah. That was, that was a good time. Batista. Oh or my God. gosh. Was, he was on the Hall of Fame ballot this year. I don't think he got the required 5%. No, he's not. There's no way. And he, rightfully so, uh, incredible player, an incredible run, uh, will be a Blue Jay uh, level of excellence inductee at some point, I'm sure. Uh, but he's a Hall of Good, absolutely not a Hall of Famer. More upset about Billy Wagner got it, not getting it. But that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Hall of Fame is. Oh, trust me, you'll be invited to that conversation because yeah. we we've had a couple of those conversations with people recently, and five votes, and the fact that three ballots got returned with just Manny and A Rod on them. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. there's. I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna petition that uh, top fan rivalry, uh, and I've also petitioned petitioned my show uh, to become members of the Baseball Writers Association of America, so that we can flood the ballot box with the appropriate ballots. So, I will I will petition to get my vote so that I can start fixing this. There you go. I will gladly put Posada and Bernie on that too because they should have been in there. That's prob- there's a lot of truth to that. And Dave, it's funny that you mentioned that. So we put up a mock Hall of Fame ballot and 59 people responded on top fan, right? But the person that ran it for me is based out of Atlanta. So Adrian Beltre only got 81% of the vote, which is weird. Todd Helton um, got, um, uh, Joe Maurer got in, Todd Helton got in with 75% even. Guess who was number four with 61% of the vote? Andrew Jones. That's right. Andrew Jones. Also should be in. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. this, this is how skewed this ballot was. When I got the answers back, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Number uh, number five was Omar Vizquel with 50% of the vote. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. He's had some issues. Um, oh, yeah. And Billy Wagner had 16% uh, of the vote above Billy Wagner by 10%, 26% of the people said that voted said that James Shields should be in over Billy Wagner. Don't point a finger at me. I don't think you should be there. Um, <laughs> I like, I don't get me wrong. Big game. James fine. But Billy oh, Wagner might be, he yeah. might be one of the most underrated uh, mm -hmm. relief pitchers of, of the most recent class. And, you know, listen, Omar Vizquel, Played for what four hundred years and two hundred teams. Like, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he made the round of every team twice at this point. Like, he was still playing almost fifty. I thought like they were like there was all he would he would just show up and you're like really you're still you're on are you sure you're under contract I'm not sure he was I think he was just coming out and playing he was just having just fun. Hey, I'll, I'll lace him up. You don't have to pay me. Don't worry, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing better to do there. There you go. Sure. So, Dale, what do you think? Uh, memory, give me a memory of a Orioles. Just some about your team that you have. Just a, a nostalgic memory, maybe thirty seconds of a nostalgic memory. Yeah, we, it's been a while. So, <laughs> 80, eighty-three World Series. I was at my friend's house. Um, I was what? So I was eleven at the time, um, and we won. And, and that ended up being my friend too. We were co-MVPs on our high school baseball team and uh, so it's just a really uh, fun as a kid to to go through that and uh, uh, to kind of experience that a really fun team uh, a lot of you know really fun players with Eddie Murray and Kyle Ripken and all those guys so it was good good times so I opened up a restaurant years ago sold out uh -huh. of it but in 2005 I opened up a restaurant with um, Tim DeSensei uh, who yep. was uh, Doug's son and um, I, at the time, I had some, I was doing some business with the city. And the city, one of the people in the city came to me, stopped me, ran out to my car. Like, hey, Bill, Bill, stop for a second. I said, okay, yeah, what's going on? Um, and he said to me, so funny. He said, did you, do you know Doug? And I said, well, yeah, I've met him a few times. Why? And he says, can you get him to sign my baseball? And I'm thinking, please don't make me do this, right? Yeah. I mean, come to the restaurant. He's there all the time. That, and I'm thinking of a way out of it. Turns out that in 1979, the home run that Doug hit in Baltimore against Pittsburgh, he caught in the oh, World Series. Wow. And I'm like, I'd probably love to sign that one then. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll work on this for you. <laughs> like it was, oh, cool. it was different. And I don't know if it ever happened. I passed the information over to Tim and everything like that. And then what was funny about that was about a month later, restaurants open, everything's going good. I've got a conflict. Tim's invited me down to the restaurant, but I got a conflict. My mom calls me and she says, Hey, I just went to the restaurant. I just got some, some food. I said, great. And I said, like, almost kind of like, okay, so you've been there a hundred times. She goes, I met this really tall guy with really big hands and everybody was asking him to sign baseballs, but he introduced himself to me and he says, Oh, your mom. Cause that's the way that Tim used to refer to my mom. And uh, he says, Oh, your mom. Um, I'm Eddie. It was Eddie Murray. Oh, wow. I said, mom, you just met oh, Eddie Murray. Wow. He's <laughs> She's like, Should I go back and ask him to sign something? I said, no, he'll be oh, around. Again. Don't worry. <laughs> my boss had no clue. 
Thanks, Mom. You're making me look awesome. So, <laughs> anyways, uh, John, memory with besides for Dunkin' Donuts, John, memory uh, with the Rays. That's tough. You know, I feel like they all revolve around Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> but if I had to pick one that didn't, um, the uh, the 2020 World Series uh, Game Four, you know, I um, I hadn't been an avid baseball watcher for a little bit leading up to that World Series, mm-hmm. um, and it was the uh, it was the wild card game the year before that sort of got me back in. So I followed the 2020 season closely for as short as it was. It was super exciting. Um, the game four specifically, there's not many times that every member of my family is like around the TV together. And game four was one of those games. And it was just, it was so surreal to like experience that all together. Um, and just like, you know, it was an injection of hope in a team that sort of felt out of water in that series. Yeah. So it was, you know, the best I'd felt as a fan that entire series. I felt like it was possible after game four, uh, you know. So it was it was just, it was, it was so special to be able to like share that with my family. All of us had been, you know, raised fans. We, we all care about the team. So it, it was, it was really cool to be able to share that like at the highest level with my family and all sort of experience it together. So n- nothing besides winning one, I think would top that. I think that was fantastic. So, um, by the way, I liked that World Series too. That was a great World Series. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, thank uh, you for uh, bringing oh. up the 2020 World Series. I like that. Oh boy. Um, thank you, John. You can be on any time. Hats off. Uh, don't worry about Dale. We'll kick him out at some point. But um, no, the uh, that's actually I. You know what? You know what I remember about that World Series besides for the final out is ooh, Randy. Ooh, ooh. Randy Rosarina, mm-hmm. that guy could not do anything wrong that that series. No. Oh, that I mean, it was almost like the ball was on a tee and it was a beach ball that big. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Every time he came up, I just, I, I would get so frustrated, John. I, my mean side would come out, and I, I'd look at the TV, and my wife kind of looked at me one time, like, "Are you? Did you just? I hear you say that?" Mm-hmm. And I, I would just yell at the TV, "Hit him! Throw at him!" Mm-hmm. Don't even walk him. Just hit him. Come out of the game. I felt Mm -hmm. the same way watching Corey Seager's at-bats in that series. I was was so, so, so sick of Corey Seager by game six. I was so tired of seeing him. And then this year I go to the the wild card game. I go to game two in the trap. And, you know, Corey Seager and the – or Corey Seager and the Rangers are, of course, who send us home. So I I am not (laughs) – He's back. I, I'll say I'm not a charter member of the Corey Seager fan club. I, I don't hate him by any means, but I'm not a. Uh, I'm definitely definitely you're, not you're, a lover of this game. Oh. Sarah's got to breathe over there, but yeah, oh. good call. Good no, call. that's Corey. Not Corey. Yes, no. yes. Corey Seager uh, haunts, haunts my nightmares. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh boy. Dave, what about you? Uh, I'm going to give you two because uh, obviously one of them is is pretty iconic, but I want to give you another one that just kind of hits you and it hit me pretty hard. Uh, 2010, uh, known non-hitter, John McDonald. He's mm. a utility guy. Uh, Blue Jays fans love this guy. He's a lunch pail kid, goes to work, blue collar. Yankees fans would love him because it's the kind of guy that would win you the games. Uh, his father had passed. And the first game he returned back to play happened to be Father's Day. Now, John McDonald was by no means a power hitter, but Johnny Mac hitting a home run in that game in 2010 
Ooh. at the place. Absolutely. Look, I got goosebumps talking. About yeah, it. Goosebumps I mean, right so he just, he hit it out. He didn't hit. I don't think, I don't think he had more than a hundred career home runs. Like he was not, that was not his MO. He was an in, he was a fielder. He was a defensive guy. He could run the bases a little bit, but he was not a, he was not a known hitter. I think his career average is, uh, is like sub 250. Um, but Johnny Mac, 2010, June 2020, uh, June 20th, 2010, uh, Father's Day home run. First game back uh, was pretty incredible. And of course, uh, the bat flip is my like ultimate kind of hit you in the feels. I was going to give you the touch them all. Touch them all is a great moment and was like an iconic moment for solidifying my fandom in this team. But there were a lot of really lean years uh, where we wasted incredible talent. Doc Holliday, AJ Burnett were pitchers with us. Oh, Mark yeah. Burley was like dealing. Guy couldn't, he couldn't throw more than 90, but no one could hit him. Uh, you know, all sorts of ridiculous trades between uh, the Mets and like giving up Thor and like all of these things happen. And as a fan, you're disillusioned. And to finally get back in the mix and you're playing a uh, Rangers team with hall of famers on it. And you're like, what's going to happen. And Russell Martin throws the ball, trying to get it back to the pitcher and it hits a bat and it's a live ball and a run scores. And you're like, that's it. We're out. Forget about it. And everything like the, the stadium is kind of mum and it's hush. And then Jose Batista comes up with, after a series of ridiculous, like I got to point out Beltre had, I think two drops, like all of the defense that that guy had, he had two drops. He had two errors in that inning. Like the Rangers, like it was complete happenstance. It was three errors in total to load the bases and a single uh, with a fielder's choice on top of it. Jose Batista comes up uh, and absolutely uh, puts a nail in one. And the place erupts in a manner that on TV, I felt like I could feel it vibrating. I was wow. personally shaking. Uh, the if you were watching, if you ever watch, I watch it regularly on YouTube because it's still incredible to this day. Uh, you see the cameras are unable to stand still. It was a it's a fan base that is hungry for any success, and it like it was just a moment. They went on to lose to the Royals in a like nonsense, awful missed third star, like what an awful call. And I you know I don't want to relive that and a fan interference before that, but. Uh, it was uh, it was a moment that reignited an entire country really into loving the Jays again, and uh, we're still there. Yeah, those are those are good memories. And I, when you were talking about uh, about John's home run, it reminded me of D uh, D Gordon's home run after after Jose uh, Fernandez. Oh died. my God! And I so they were that. roommates, right? Yeah. And oh. so and so and D had like really taking it hard and and he couldn't even spell home run much less hit one what he hit like seven yeah. in his entire career yeah. and that one he just tattooed and going yeah. around the bases was just baseball has a funny way bill has a funny way um, yeah. yeah it does doesn't it it's just that. the baseball gods are kind of watching out for you so it's yeah um okay sarah same uh last round with this question memory one memory that you have of your club um Wait, wait, I know think. this one, Sarah. Let me answer for you. The bullpen gate for Aaron Judge no. in LA. No. Okay. All right. No. Just making sure. You still owe us money for that, by the way. Uh, we'll take yeah, cash okay. for cash. Uh, <clears throat> Mickey Mouse money. 
He's <laughs> still the Dodgers money for that. Anyways, yes. go ahead, Sarah. <laughs> um, they'll, de- they'll defer it anyway. It doesn't matter. That's <laughs> very true. I'm trying to think. Let me say. I think, do I have one? Well, minus the 2009 World Series, I was in Florida on vacation with my aunt and my grandmother. And I remember watching uh, the last game um, when they played the Phillies. And I just, I, I wanted to be there so bad, but it's the fact that it was like the first year that the new stadium opened. So everything was just new. Um, so I think that was one memory where, like you say, you could feel the TV shaking. Because you, um, and another one, I actually, Jose Trevino's walk-off hit. His first year playing with the Yankees, his, he hit it on his dad's birthday. And when he talked about it, I was in tears. He talked about it post-game. He goes, I drank from my dad's favorite Mickey Mantle coffee cup this morning. And then I, and everything just happened the way it should have. And his dad loved the Yankees. And of course, living in Texas, it was, it was odd because I was a fan. So he goes, my dad had a Mickey Mantle collection and that's how it, so I think that was like the two good memories that I did have. Love it. Love it. I love these stories about fans, man. What's it like to have fans in the stadium? I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to have a stadium erupt when something good happens for your team. Me, me and the other nine yeah. fans go crazy, but I can't, I can't imagine a packed stadium like that. That's nuts. You could just go to spring training. I've been and <laughs> the rest of to, the rest of our fans will fill Dunedin up, and you know, I, I've be been there. to Fenway South, and that was probably the most people I've seen in the Rays game in a very long time. Oh yeah, yeah. Fen- Fenway, yeah. Oh, I've been to a couple of the Fenway games. They, yeah. That green monster no longer looks like a green monster. It looks like a crumbled monster. So, so yeah, they, they know how to pack the house. So, John, if you ever want to see something very unique, I would strongly encourage you to go to Seattle and go to a game in Seattle when the Blue Jays are there. Because that's like a second home game for the Blue Jays. And everybody on the west side of Canada comes. Yeah. I talked. I was there for a funeral um, of it. a family member, and like literally, I was talking to people, and they're like, "Yeah, we drive eighteen hours just to get here for this series because oh it's it's easier than driving over to to Toronto." And I'm like, "Wait a second. And they're like, "Yeah, we're so if you go if you go east and north northeast of I don't know about four or five hundred miles from Vancouver." You're, you know, you're going to get close to where we're at and think, oh, my gosh. But, John, you know this. I mean, I, I, Dave, you know this. I mean, that's Canadians pack the house in Seattle. Uh, you have to remember that uh, Canada, for uh, as not populated as we are compared to the United States, uh, is massive. We're like a big old chunk of land. Uh, so people in Vancouver, it's like a it's a quick drive to Seattle and it's like. Imagine from Washington to like, God, it would, it would be, well, it'd be to New York. It'd be to upstate New York, Washington state to New York is how long that's, that's the flight you're looking at or the drive you're looking at to get to a a Jays game in Toronto. It's not, it's, it's not a quick, like, oh yeah, we'll just 
couple mm-hmm. of provinces over, no big deal. It's it's a like full full day's worth of travel plus. Yeah. It, yeah. If you're driving, you're out. So Yeah, some of them, like some of them, John were telling me, like, this is we look forward to this every year and we'll literally drive, mm-hmm. you know, X number of miles, get a hotel, drive X number of miles, get a hotel, drive X number of miles get the hotel in Seattle, stay for the three games, and then do the trip back. Like, it's, like, full-on, like, seven-day vacation time, which is insane. So, all right, John, we're going to start with you. Um, okay. I'm going to co- kind of combine a couple of questions here just to kind of see, because mm-hmm. they kind of flow. So, give me your outlook for the Rays in, um, in 2024, but also kind of give me where you think they're strong or where you think they might be. Okay. Our season looks a lot more like the back half of last season than it does the front half. I don't think we come out like the best team in baseball or looking like the best team in baseball like we did last year. I think it's it's a fairly pedestrian start to the year. Um, you know, for for as much uh, talk as there is with the Rays um, every year about like the roster turn, you know, besides the obvious of, uh, you know, the loss of a generational shortstop prospect, you know, there wasn't a huge roster churn as compared to other years. You know, the the writing was on the wall with the Glasnow contract, so nobody was surprised to see him move. Uh, you know, the the Rayleigh trade, you know, hurt, hurt me. I was like, you know, it's it's the business of Rays baseball. For for one guy that gets traded is one other guy that, you know, they spared, for lack of a better term. So So as a fan, it's nice to, you know, see more familiar faces year over year than I usually do. Um, you know, the you asked you asked about the strengths and the weaknesses as well. The yes. um the the strength as usual is gonna be, you know, pitching and defense, specifically the bullpen. Um and what's nice about the Rays is I can't give you, you know, a single reason why the bullpen is gonna be good. Um but I can tell you at some point during the year we're gonna claim someone off waivers. And we're going to trade them to change their pitch mix, and they're going to change their arm slot, and they're going to be a 205 ERA plus reliever for the second half of the year, and then they're going to sign a free agent contract to go to the West Coast. It happens every year. Um, I cannot tell you why. I cannot tell you who it's going to be. Uh, all I can tell you is it is going to happen. Um, the the starting rotation will be good. Um, you know, hopefully. Um, I'm optimistic about it. It projects out to be Eflin, Savali, Patel, Pepio, and then either uh, Taj Bradley or Shane Boz. And four of those guys are above average by ERA plus um, off last year. Um, and then Taj and Shane, I think, is a great uh, swing starter out of those two, I think. And then Rasmussen and Springs, who were both fantastic last year in their limited action. Um, project to be back at some point after the All-Star break. And even, even on an in, innings limit, both of them coming back will be fantastic. I'm very hopeful. You know, we we retained Randy Rosarena. We, you know, Yandy is back for another year. Isak Paredes is back for another year. Josh Lowe is back for another year. Brandon Lau will be healthy, you know. So, it, you know, cautious optimism, I think, is the theme every time I'm on this show. But I'm excited, you know. I think we finished third. But I think it'll be, I think it'll be a good year. I think it'll be a nice year of race baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Okay, I like that. I like hope. Dave, what about you? I'm not hopeful. No. What is this off season? What? 
So uh, I'm going to start by saying uh, we spent uh, the first half of the offseason pursuing a free agent who then was like, nah, I'm going to take all the money and go to the Dodgers. And we're like, all right, well, there's still other guys that we can get. And then the Yankees traded for one of those guys that we could get. So thanks. And then uh, Sorry. it's all right. It's fine. We, I mean, we signed IKF. Hey, and JT. Hey. We still, there's no uh, mm. chappies out there. And I really hope that they could do it. But I, you know, the rumors are that he's headed to the giants um, oh, other other ALEs teams are well poised. Uh, I may have to jump ship and and join Dale, who just acquired Corbin Burns. Oh, I hate um, you. Oh, so you me. know, uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah surprise. Right. I just saw the update. Surprise! Thank you. Um, the, Big free agent signings. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll I'll say this. Um, Toronto's pitching rotation last year was a top five rotation. If Alec Manoa can figure out whatever was going on in the head, because it wasn't a physical thing. It was a head thing. It's, it's the yips. Um, Bill, and last time you and I chatted, I said it's very reminiscent of Ricky Romero, where he just kind of like fell off a cliff. He was dominant for a year and then couldn't figure it out again and got hit around and he couldn't unfigure out what he did. He couldn't undo what he had done. Um, if Manoa can get right, and take Kikuchi and another solid year of the rest of that rotation and the bullpen stays healthy. Um, they still have Vlad. They still have Bo. They still have George Springer. They like, they're still an offensively gifted team. If they can hit, um, I'm not sure they can win the division based on everything else. Yankees will be healthier. Um, rays are always a thorn mm. in the side, uh, and and right now, uh, not to get competes with the uh, Orioles. with the other birds, nope. the Orioles. I just I don't see it, you know. Like, and and no offense to our Sox compatriot who isn't here, uh, unfortunately, not to bag on them, but uh, I have a feeling that they're going to be eaten alive based on the full throttle uh, that has happened, which has not been full throttle at all. They've lost out on a lot of stuff, including Turner, who the Jays signed for uh, basically the same money that the Sox were. That's what he asked for from the Sox. And he was like, this is what I want. And we don't need a right-handed power bat. Sure. Uh, strengths are the rotation for the Jays. Uh, weaknesses are if any of that offense doesn't perform like any of it, uh, then you're just hoping you win a game one, nothing two nothing. And we know baseball, it doesn't usually go that way. And every stadium in this division is a, is a, is a burn box. Like everybody can hit, everybody can hit everywhere in here. True. True. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Uh, Outlook 2024 strengths, weaknesses. (sighs) The weaknesses I could list. It's too long. Long outlook. It, it, it's just like, can we not get blown out? <laughs> no matter how bad our pitching is, it, it's just it's upsetting. And like he said, if we could just give Garrett Cole all the possible runs in the world, because there's been a couple games, or at least the four games that he's lost, where we just scored two runs, and that just utterly just ticked me off. So I think with that, just just giving Garrett Cole something to look forward to. 
or giving him bases loaded when he needs it. And we need we need to fix the pitching because only having Marcus we were in on Corbin Burns, but I knew we were not going to get him because we're not going to be giving up everything just like we gave up for Soto, which we needed. Um, I mean, we just need to make it out alive and not have injuries attack us every freaking season. I think it's just we need to get out of spring training and realize can we get through the first month of baseball healthy? That's all I want. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Now, Dale, the same question for you has got to be a little different, um, especially after last season. All right. Um, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember two years ago you talked. We, we had the same kind of uh, – uh, podcasts and I was there's quite a few holes that we we had and um luckily we filled their second base hole with Odor who uh who was a a Hall of Fame Oriole for a time in Texas for punching Batista speaking of the bat flipping but he's he's a a, a hero in Baltimore for that but um, um but yeah we had a lot of holes to fill um and uh but this year I I as as far as strengths uh, I now. I didn't know about that, that we got Cor- Corbin Burns, so that was my going to be my uh, big weakness as I starting pitching. But um, I think strengths uh, obviously is our youth um, and team speed. Uh, we're really kind of well balanced, and so all of that comes into play. I think weaknesses also youth. Um, uh, maybe if if that can be a weakness, it was in the playoffs. Um, I was going to stay starting pitching, but then now, like I said, I. I wouldn't say that. Oddly enough, I think our biggest weakness might be we have so many major league ready prospects, and I don't. They can't play them all, um, so it's going to be in trying to figure out who they should. We're only a phone call away, Dale. You can give us a call. We'll take <laughs> them off your hands, buddy. Do you know who did they give up? For Corbin, hold on. Let me see. Or does that your your league ready prospect problem? You know, yeah, Hall. DL Hall and Joey Ortiz and the third. Oh, okay, that's yeah, that's I mean pretty steep. DL Hall looked like he was going to be uh, really good, and Joey Ortiz was underrated. He he's you know he's batting like three twenty and you know, a lot of home runs, but that said he's only a glove guy. But he's in. But anyway, I think that's still worth it. Uh, worth it. So yeah, that would be my uh, biggest concern. That kind of solves uh, some of the issues there. As far as outlook, um, I think it's going to be similar to last year. Um, I um that the division, but it's going to be tight with all four of the teams except for Boston. Um, uh, yeah. I expect I actually expect Toronto to take a, a step up. I just felt like they kind of had a down year, not not so far down, but I mean, yeah, I think Guerrero is going to do better than last year, and I, I, I so I think Toronto is going to be right there battling for that second spot along with Tampa because. I never think Tampa looks that great on paper, and they're always there. Um, so yeah. they, they get the most yeah. out of their players. And, they, of course, the Yankees, uh, it all really depends on injuries, and uh, uh-huh. that's what really kind of some pitching. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think the Red Sox – I think probably all four of those teams finished above 500. Um, uh, but, and then I don't see the Red Sox being in it. Uh, you, know, yeah, no. you know what's interesting Dale is you guys have done and and I've said this on a number of different podcasts but speed the game's gone back to the 80s get them on get them over get them in especially yeah. with the pitch clock with the 
how many times you can throw over, right? Um, you guys are doing something that was very popular in the late 90s and early 2000s in the Bronx, which is you have a number of, of younger guys who played together in the system coming up together. And look what happened. Look what happened. You guys won 100 games this last season or 101 games this last season. And, you know, playoff experience is playoff experience. You'll get deep, but makes it easier to recruit the talent for any holes that you have. I mean, look at look at what the Yankees did when they brought up Jeter and and uh-huh. Posada. Yeah, and, it's similar uh-huh. to that. Yeah, you're aiming uh, to go against uh, Orioles are pretty good when the Yankees are just coming into their own. Um, and man, that was such a great team. But yeah, I, I see that, that there's some games where they might put a fully homegrown team out in the field, uh, and that's pretty exciting. And now I'm hoping that with the new ownership group that they actually will be able to keep a good chunk of these players. Like I was pretty skeptical with the Angelos that they're going to, uh, that they're going to be able to keep uh, a lot of these young guys, but I'm, I'm really hoping because I, I feel bad. That's kind of the Tampa situation, right? They've never been able to really kind of hold on to their own guys. They do such a good job of player development. Yeah. Um, to keep, keep those guys. We finally yeah, locked I, in a franchise guy and then, uh, yeah. you know, it was, that's true. It happened. So we're back to square one and we're probably never going to extend a guy ever again now. (laughs) John, I actually thought of calling you when that picture of Rosarena and Shohei came out and I just thought, Oh no, my friend, poor John's not going to, not going to like this. If this happens, this isn't going to be awesome for him. I will. (sighs) I will never believe until i'm in the stadium you can you can fake tv i won't believe it until i'm in the stadium watching them yeah. take the field you know you, yep. you yep. can fool me until then yep you know yep. but I, well, you know not with the race you, you can't i don't buy the, it yep. the best part about that picture that that dave was talking about earlier about shohei jumping on a on a private jet was they released that picture at like i don't know 10 a.m in the morning and the picture was at sunset um, and so it was not like everybody that saw it in Southern California were like, the sun doesn't look like that right now. I don't know what the heck, where he's going, but you know, he ain't in, he's not in Anaheim and he's not going to, uh, to Toronto. So I'll just tell you that right now. So, all right. Final question. This is where it might get a little, little dicey and Dave, you're up on this one first. So give me its prediction time. So break down for me the, AL East, give me your thoughts one through five, um, you know, in the next 45 seconds to a minute. Yep. Super simple for me. Uh, I think uh, Boston is your five. I think that uh, four is probably, uh, I'm, I'm going to put the Yankees there. I don't want to. Uh, I, I, think I that understand. Base, I think baseball's better when the Yankees are better. Um, I'm going to put Toronto in the three. I put Tampa in the two and Baltimore's the one. Tampa is a good young team and they're always a thorn in the side of of literally anyone there. And for once, uh, for once, uh, it's not like, you know, a grocery bagger and someone else. And we're just hoping that they're going to be good. Like it's the same. It's, it's a lot of the same 
like was mentioned earlier is you don't have that roster turn and yes you are absolutely going to miss your generational uh talent who you don't do crimes friends crimes are bad don't yeah. do them um but oh boy. Uh, you know uh i think that i think that that's something that the team itself will be fine randy's ballroom will keep uh keep open and you guys will keep hitting the dingers out. So I, uh, I think Baltimore wins this handedly. Uh, that said, uh, any one, uh, two through uh, four, but flip the script. I think that any one of those teams, we're probably talking uh, like a game and a half between uh, first and fourth. If, if I'm being honest, I think almost every one of these teams, uh, aside from the Orioles, will be a wildcard team. I think Baltimore wins the division. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I agree with you. It's going to be, I agree with you in the sense that I'll, I'll bet you that you're probably separated by maybe three games, one through four. It's going to be insane. Um, Sarah, you're up. Be bold. Here we go. Oh, boy. Um, I'll put my Yankees three for a reason. Um, I would say, oh, God. Yeah, I'll definitely put the Rays fourth because, like I said, it was. It's just like it's every wrong turn possible. And then you just want to gain some positive momentum, but it's like always being pushed backwards. And I noticed that. Um, and I'm just like, what, why? Um, two, I would say Toronto. And one, definitely Baltimore. Sorry, Boston, you're in fifth. I, I can't look at you anymore. <laughs> I, I don't think you ever could as a Yankee fan, so don't worry about yes. it. It's okay. Yeah, I was it. like, I can't look at you anymore. <laughs> so, okay, Dale, you're up. Be bold. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I kind of already said it, so I kind of broke that. Sorry, but went ahead on the question. But, yeah, I think Red Sox are fifth, um, probably pretty distant. Um, I'm going to say the rest uh, all finish above 500, um, but I think it's going to be tighter packed. Uh, yeah. I think fourth will be the Yankees. Um, but again, it could be uh, uh, turn around quite a bit. I'm gonna say the Rays is third this year, and I think the Orioles will win, but they're not going to win 101 games this year, so it'll be a, like more like 95 or, or yeah. in that room. So it's yeah. going to be a tighter packed uh, division than it even was last year. Like it, okay, John, you get to take us to the you get to take us All home right. on this before we say goodnight or uh, good morning, uh, whatever. I want to preface this uh, by taking my victory lap and saying I was right about Baltimore one, Tampa two last year. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, victory lap given. I'm going to have this Baltimore. Thank you. I think, I think top down it's Baltimore, Toronto, Tampa, New York, Boston, um, where I think um, I, I do think Baltimore wins a hundred games this year. Again, I think that roster is so talented and I think a year, Mm -hmm. A big league experience for most of those guys is going to be huge. Um, I think it's going to take, you know, a ton to win 101 games. I think two through four is going to be pretty clumped around the 90 win range, but I think Baltimore runs away with it. Um, I've, Yankees at four um, for the same reason, raise it at three. It's just how, how it works. You know, Ray's going to raise, Yankees going to Yankees. I, I want to I want to be on record and say that Aaron Judge and Juan Soto are my two favorite non-Rays in baseball. I love huh. them and I, I wish them the best and I wish you know complete success on them. the The unfortunate truth is it's probably not going to happen that way. 
it's just how the Yankees have been historic, or at least recently. Mm-hmm. You know, you it'd be nice if there's two hard win. Um, I think the Rays finish in third. Um, for the for the same reasons you know said previously, the the lack of roster churn is promising. Um, and you know, replacing that generational shortstop is tough. But Junior Caminero is the number four you know overall prospect, so it's hopeful. Um, but it's weird in the sense of you know, for for a year that there hasn't been a lot of roster churn, this is probably the least optimistic I feel. I feel like we've sort of hit our ceiling. You know, the only difference would be having experience and succeeding in the postseason. But I think regular season wise, I think we're we're at the ceiling. Um, I think it'd be hard to see Toronto sort of underperform in in a similar fashion as last year. I think that roster is so talented. I think Vlad and Bobachet are two of the best players in baseball, and we're gonna see it again this year. Bo, Bo is gonna hit three thirty. Vlad's gonna hit forty homers. It's just gonna happen. And like I said, I think Baltimore is is one of the most talented rosters in uh-huh. baseball. It's one of the most talented rosters this division has seen in the last, like, 20 years. So I, th- I think it's pretty chalk to say Baltimore 1, Boston 5, and then I think it's it's easy to see any team uh, finish in 2 through 4 besides them. Roll the dice. Let's just play the games. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. exactly. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how it shakes out, for sure. Can we just get the games going now? Like, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm ready. Let's do it. It's sooner than yeah. I realized. It's We're ready. About two months, we're there, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Getting there. I'm con- convincing myself that it's closer than it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, true. We're gonna have a prediction podcast, so I'm not gonna predict the one through five right here, but okay. I am gonna say that I think Baltimore wins. But if they win that division, it wouldn't surprise me if they win it by a game or two. It's there's not a lot very of, tight. Yeah, it's if if Toronto pitches as well as they hit. They're going to win that division. If the Yankees with um, with Juan Soto and Aaron Judge, if I mean the Yankees are going to score nine runs a game, as long as they don't become the 2008 Yankees where they give up ten runs a game after scoring nine, the Yankees got a shot. Yep. Tampa Bay is is like the bad news bears kind of. You never think that they got a shot, but they always show they up. Always are there. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's like the beginning of the original major league movie where um, the janitor from Scrubs is sitting there looking at the roster going, who are these effing guys, right? Yeah. Nobody knows half that roster, but for some reason they figure out how to win. Um, I'm not quite sure the identity of Austin. So, I mean, it, it, it and I don't wish this on anybody, but I, I will say this, one or two major injuries for any one of your clubs and you're not finishing where you think you're going to finish. Yeah. Um, right. You know, the, if if uh, the two guys that Sarah has on her screen behind her, you can't see it on the audio, but um, uh, Rizzo and Judge, if both of them go down for any significant period of time, the Yankees are done. It's, it's like death for me. It's like, just kill me with a gun, shoot me 300 times. That's how it feels. Because yeah, it's just like, what? how can you put them, like, you could construct a lineup, AJ, you could put Volpe, you could put like any minor league, and I'm like, we're not winning this game. I'm sorry, I hate to say we're just not winning this game. So I went to Anaheim Stadium last season and I watched the Toronto Blue Jays play. And I got to tell you, Dave, as I'm looking down the roster, I'm going, 
this is a mini murders row. Yeah. Yep. But I, I couldn't figure out it, it felt it felt weird. It it kind of felt a little bit like the Padres in, in a very small sense, in the sense that they were playing for the name on the back of the jersey and not necessarily on the front. Um at at least at that game that I was at. I'm like, wait a second, guys, you know, but I'm telling you, though Bo Bichette, like like John mentioned, Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., those guys can play the game. And all it takes is a couple and JT is going to help them from a from a veteran's leadership standpoint. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch your guys' division. You know, I won't say this publicly. Just kidding. Everybody that's listening to this. Your division is the best division in baseball as far as uh, talent is concerned and keeping it close. I mean, the, the National League uh, East and the National League West great talented teams but remember you nationally uh east has uh the nationals in it the nationals aren't going to do much of anything the mets probably are going to struggle again so you're down to philly and atlanta and who knows what miami's going to do nationally west yeah. right you have the dodgers you have um maybe arizona as long as they can come back strong maybe arizona but the padres I don't know that they've done a lot of favors for themselves. The Giants have not. And in Colorado might be able to pack it in if they wanted to now. Um, you know, maybe save on some concessions by not playing as many games. Um, but I mean, it's they're they're still looking for an identity. And, and so it'll be interesting. So you guys have the best division in baseball. Yeah. Appreciate it. Free agents out there. We're not even like Bellinger, Chapman, all still out there. Blake yeah. Snell's still out there, and I'm not saying any of, but you know, Jordan Montgomery, any any AL East team not named the Red Sox picks up any one of those. Yep, they just Changes mentioned the dynamic. And I the agree. Entire the entire division can flip if yep. Bellinger comes to Toronto, as I've been hoping since uh, Shohei signed uh, mm-hmm. with the Dodgers. Uh, I think that the Jays all of a sudden have a very different outlook, and it's a very different looking team. So. Yeah, if it, if it helps you sleep at night, none of them are coming to Tampa. No. Yeah, we uh, have you we, considered offering them Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take you to Dunkin' Donuts. I know where the Dunkin' Donuts are at. I do, I know where I know where the best one in town is. Um, unfortunately, it is a four hour drive to the stadium during rush hour, so I don't think they'd be up for it, you know. Oh, god, give me, give me Jorge Solano, <laughs> you know, that, that'd be nice. We trade late. Yeah. Blake Blake Snell's gonna be you'll sign someone, it'll be ridiculous. Blake Snell's gonna be have a rough go though, because the last I heard, um the last I heard nine years. Yeah, he wants nine he's he's thirty one years old, he wants nine years, three hundred million. Yeah, he's not not getting nine years. And most pitchers are not like Kate Upton that can pitch into their forties. Most pitchers slow down when they're thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, right? Yep, Kate Upton. Yep. And he has a delivery that I don't know that he can repeat it forever. Yeah, no. And and I a joked of, about this. A lot of moving parts still out there. Yep. Yeah, I, I joked about this with Padre fans, and I said Top Ten Rivalry signed Blake Snell for a billion dollars yeah. over two seasons. But and this was on this was on social media, so it has to be true. I saw right? that and I cracked up laughing. I said, Bill, you kill me. Yeah, and so this is on social media, so it's gotta be true, right? But the contract is very specific. 
He has to make 70 starts and make seven innings or better every start. And for every start that he doesn't get seven innings or better, he has to pay top 10 rent rate. So I, that's I think amazing. my money's safe. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Anyways, it's been a great Tuesday morning. I love talking. These these people are my friends. We have such a good time. I wish we could do this all morning. Um, yeah. And so, uh, Dale, I, I just love where your team's at. And it's yeah. and I spotlighted them earlier this week on my morning show or this week is last week. I spotlighted them and they went through a rough patch. They've been through some of those rough patches. Um and, We're and John good. I say we're due for sure. It's been a long time. And uh John, you know, I I look forward to seeing how that plays out. I will be out there in June. I will let you know ahead of time so we can meet up. Uh, Sounds good. Dave, I am so excited to see what the Blue Jays do because right now all expectations, all expectations, and even even though, even though Baltimore won it, all expectations are always on the Yankees. The Yankees are supposed to win 162 games by 10 huh. runs every game. And huh. it's not fair, but it's just the way it is. Uh, and And – Sarah, just look, Elvis, for a second. Dave, John, Dale, can we all agree that it doesn't matter how bad the Yankees or Red Sox are if they're meeting up on a Sunday? That's unfortunately what we have to watch is the Sunday game of the week on ESPN. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And it'll be good, too. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it will be. It's it's interesting. Not being a fan of either of those teams, you know, it's it's fun to watch them both toil and mediocrity right now. It It is very nice. The best part about those games is one of those teams has to lose. It's it's wonderful. That's, that's, yup. Dale, I'm going to say this right now, but I'm waiting for Jackson Holiday. Just give me Jackson Holiday. I love this kid. Yeah, I think he's going to start. He's going to start with the big club. And that's what's anticipated to to be good. Oh my God. I'm going to be watching him like a hawk. Uh Yep. Yeah, John. Yeah. Yeah. Probably at third base. Oh, Maybe it's second great. base. No, probably second base. More likely second base. Yeah, I wow. love that kid. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the Dodgers and the Yankees and a few other teams have the exact same problem. The Astros have the exact same problem. Um, and it's and it's not something we can get rid of. It's unfortunate. But we rely on the five-run home run every at-bat. And oh. if you watched Baltimore this year, they ran. If you watched... Toronto, when Toronto was winning, I mean, not Toronto, um, Tampa Bay, when they were winning, they were running, John. And same thing with with Toronto. Um, You look at a team like Arizona, and Arizona won game six and game seven of the National League Championship Series, and they had eight stolen bases between the two games, and Philly had one. Philadelphia relies on that home run, and you just – you and where the game's at, I mean, Dale, you remember this, and – and uh, uh, Dave, you probably remember this too. What happens? Actually, Dave, you do. What happens? <clears throat> let's go to 84, 85, 86. What happens if Ricky Henderson gets walked? It's a triple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally a triple. And then six pitches into the game, the number two batter hits a sack fly and you're down one nothing. No. You just don't see that play anymore. Right. Wow. And yeah. 
sometimes without getting a hit, he gets on, walks, and yeah, yeah, ends up yeah. Without you a know, hit you're, you're down one nothing without giving up a hit. <laughs> but it's, I mean, even even in the year that Ricky played for uh, Toronto, that they won the World Series, same thing. 1993, he was running all over people, and so it's. And if I were going to say watch a person outside of your division, I'd say watch Corbin, uh, Corbin Carroll. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's fun. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Fifty-four stolen bases, twenty-five home isn't, runs, and, and isn't that? I mean, I like home runs too, but like when there's ten home runs in the game, it's just not that exciting. I, no. I, I really like the uh, a more watching the triple or watching the uh, bases being run. So, yeah, I like a pitch. I like a pitching goal. I don't need the yep. scoring. I'm, yeah. I am a, I am a fan of old school baseball. Yep, a yeah. good four to three game or something like that. We don't need yeah. to ten yeah. to eight. Me too. I'm I yeah, and I I, I got to tell you, I mean Corbin. Nobody talked about Corbin Carroll for the MVP, even though he hit almost three hundred. He had twenty five home runs, fifty four stolen bases, <laughs> because Acuna played like a Greek god this year. If Acuna doesn't play like a Greek god this year. Um, Corbin Carroll's part of that conversation. I mean, and the kid's young. I mean, he stays healthy. He could end up, you could end up talking about a guy that has 350 career home runs with 900 stolen bases. Yeah. It's pretty He's dangerous. Such a so. dodger. He's such a dodger. What's that? I give it, I give it four years till he's wearing Dodger blue. <laughs> well, he just signed yeah, his, yeah. Uh, he just got out of his rookie contract. I think he signed a six year deal in, uh, in Arizona. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, was, four years. Yeah, give him four years. That's okay. Just we'll defer it. it. We'll get. We'll defer it. It's not a big deal, right? <laughs> right. And uh, so we're going to talk about that in thirty seconds. But I want to thank everybody, uh, Dave, Sarah, John, Dale. Thank you for being on on Tuesday morning. We appreciate you being on. We got to do this again. I wrote down the date and the predictions, so I think we need to redo this. Come All Star break. And see oh, where this, see how good okay. we with this. Right? Oh God, yep. So when at the All Star break, when the Yankees are fifty and fifty one, um, yep. yeah, and and Boston's fifty one and fifty, we're looking to go. What just happened here? <laughs> uh, That's exactly probably what's going to happen. And then everyone's going to go, Judge, Judge has to do something. Yeah. He's one player, moron. He's one player. Yeah, it's there you a go. Team just watch effort. out for bullpen doors, Aaron Judge. Yep. So. All right. Well, we're all, not going to Dodger uh, Stadium this year, so that's a good thing. There you go. All right. All mm. enjoy your Tuesdays. We'll make sure we tag everybody in this so you guys know who to follow, and we will take it from there. Um, crew, stay with me for one more second. But thanks for joining us on Tuesday morning.